0: I just want to bring the word to you. But before that, I just want to give some notices. Uh, we're going to be uh, carrying on our prayer meeting tonight on Zoom at 7 o'clock. I hope you can make it. Um, and also Wednesday morning at half past eight for half an hour, where we're praying for our community, um, praying for an awakening, praying for God to move in the community. So I want to invite you to that as well. Um, also, just to give you a bit of an update, Um, In relation to the cafe, we are already setting up the cafe now. I'm hoping that we would be able to go, I was going to say go live, I mean um, uh, open the doors around about the 22nd of July. So it's a couple of weeks yet and we're looking for volunteers. We're going to start with three mornings, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. Um, We're going to keep it simple and grow from there. And so I want to invite you to come along and help because we can't afford to bring all of the staff back We don't know what it's going to be like, uh, but um, so if you can let me know, and on the email sent around yesterday, there's a form that you could just fill in if you're available. Um, The main thing is going to be cleaning because we're going to have to be doing a lot of cleaning. So um, I'd like to invite you to be involved in that. Um, But I I just want to also just welcome you if you're visiting, if you're just watching in and you're just checking out what this church online is. And one of the things that we've, what I've been sort of sharing recently when I've been speaking is some of the fundamental things like uh, the grace of God, the gospel, the good news of Jesus um, and this morning I want to talk about the love of God and I trust that that would encourage you um, and encourage all of us who've known the Lord for a while as well. So um, there's a bit of a theme there and uh, uh, love is, is it can be a, a simple subject, but actually, I think it, is, it's not as simple as we think about it when we think about the love of God. And um, you know, we're told that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And, and we've just done one John series, and in there, John says, "We love Him because He first loved us. And, and God loves us with a love that is beyond our understanding. And again, in this recent series, we heard a lot about love. 1 John 3, verse 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. And he says in 5, 9, In this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation and atoning sacrifice for our sins. The gospel is the great love story of the ages and God created mankind in order to invite his creation into a loving relationship. And we know that the introduction of sin, Adam's disobedience, um, it wasn't instigated by God, but God knew this was going to happen, orchestrated, if you like, the response to that, or orchestrated... um, the, his desires for his people with that fully in mind. In fact, one might say, not that God made Adam sin, but he designed the route to show his love through the absolute act of sacrifice. In other words, Jesus' death on the cross wasn't a result of um, a response or reaction to something going wrong. He designed... And this is the thing about love. He, want, he showed love through this absolute act of selfless sacrifice. And I just want to share something about that this morning. mean, he did that through sending Jesus to pay the price um, to save mankind from sin, death and hell. And scripture tells us that Jesus... Um, died before the foundation of the world. It says, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but, um, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. That's 1 Peter 1.20. These things before the foundation of the earth, God had already designed and, and um, uh, created this great heart to love us. In other words... In love, God set his heart to create a people for himself and the chosen route to receive his people, as I said, was through this immense suffering of his very self. And this says something about love and this is what I've been thinking about and I, as I say, I trust it to encourage you um, because it says that uh, God's love is not just an afterthought, it is the reason for creation. And it says in 1 John 4 verse 8, God is is love. And what does it mean but that God has always been love? The truth of God sets um, God apart from every other religion. This is where the God of the Bible, there is no other. There is no um, uh, uh, way of, 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 of um, finding this same Understanding of God's love in any other religion. Um, the truth is the truth of the Trinity. God is one God, three persons. And this is this uh, truth that we can't necessarily understand. But um, C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity said this all sorts of people are fond of repeating the Christian statement that God is love. But that seems not to notice that the words God is love have no real meaning unless God contains at least two persons. Love is something that one person has for another person. If God was a single person, then before the world was made, he was not love. Of course, what these people mean when they say that God is love is often something quite different. They really mean love is God. They really mean that our feelings of love, however, wherever they arise and whatever results they produce are to be treated with great respect. Perhaps they are. But that is something quite different from what Christians mean by the statement God is love. They believe that the living, dynamic activity of love has been going on in God forever and has created everything else. Now that's quite deep. Uh, see, what he's explaining here is this great mystery of the Trinity. See, other religions will, will determine that there is a God, and that God is one person. But that God, being one person and always existing before any created thing, cannot love, because love requires another person. There needs to be an exchange, there needs to be a selfless act, an activity of selflessness in, in love. But whereas in God in this unexplainable uniqueness of himself, love between the three persons, flowing between this activity, this dynamic activity of love, has been going on forever and ever and will go on forever. And he did not create the world in order to create something to love. He didn't create the world because he had a need to fulfil in his love. He created the world because he wanted to invite Creation into this love. And that's again, is uh, blows our minds. As, as he, he goes on to talk about, C.S. Lewis goes on to talk about a dynamic, pulsating activity, a life, almost a kind of drama, almost, if you not think the irreverent, a kind of dance. Imagine, if you will, the love between each person of the Godhead, this unselfish love that flows between the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and um, the Son and the Spirit and the Father and the Spirit and the Father and the Son, this dynamic, pulsating act of love. God is love. And love in this world, uh, in this so love in this experience of God cannot be selfish. It isn't selfish because it's flowing from one to the other. Whereas when we think about love in this world, love can be quite selfish. It can be responsive because of something in us that is responding rather than purely pouring out in givenness. We think of love often as a feeling, uh, an emotional response that we have. But God is more than that. God's love is not just an emotional response. Often we have an emotional response to a person because there's something about them. Imagine that situation where a young man is in a room, maybe this is Timo, Timo's in a room and he's, he's sitting there so I can pick on him. And then Bianca walks in and there he looks across the room. He sees Bianca, this beautiful young woman, and something inside him reacts, responds to this beauty in his eyes. Um, it's a response to something he's seen that in him he wants some relationship with. And now... They are in that relationship and that love is still operating. Yeah? Amen. <laughs> but God has invited us into his love, into this eternal dance, into this activity of love, not because he's seen something beautiful in us, but he's, he's um, this, um, prescribed beauty to us. And he's invited us into this love, into this dance between in the Trinity. And he says, come, I want you, this people in this love dance. That sounds weird. Don't write me off yet. Um, no, we've been invited into what this love that's been going on for eternity. 1 John 2 verse 5 says, Whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected. And this word perfected can also mean completed. And the idea is that it's returned to God in full circle. And uh, maybe um, imagine a circle. If we, those of us here, were in a circle and we had a a ball and we just threw the ball to the person and that person threw the ball to another person and it just went round the circle and then someone came uh, that weren't in the circle and we would throw the ball out of the circle to uh, Brad who's sitting over there. I threw the ball over to Brad. Now, if Brad kept that ball it would cease, this whole circle of, of, of this, this game, this ball, and Brad would have to throw the ball back into the circle. And so, you know, imagine this dance. We're invited to this dance. We've been brought into it, and the dance continues. Love continues to flow around this circle. And, and this is what this whole idea is, is that when God pours out his love in us, that love flows back out back to God. The great commandment, Matthew 22, 34 to 40 says, about this um, lawyer that comes to Jesus and says, Teacher, uh, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great commandment, great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself, On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now we can understand the first commandment, to love God, is right and true. And, you know, how could we not love God? As we heard, we love God because he first loved us. We, We know what he's done for us. We know this great love that's been poured out. And, and it would be strange if we didn't understand this vertical love relationship. We receive love from God, we love him back, we praise him, we honour him, we live our lives in order to glorify him, we seek and we listen to him. Up and down this, this uh, love relationship goes between me and my father. But Paul says in Galatians 5 verse 14, he says this, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, You shall love your neighbour as yourself. Why would he not say you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength? Why would he not say that? Why has he said you shall love your neighbour? And this is why, because love for God is outworked in love for others. And as we love others, the love of God comes to completion. In other words, unless we love others, how can that love of God return full circle? How can it be perfected? How can it come to completion? And, uh, and it returns to the Father in praise and adoration. Um, it returns to the Father through people coming to know Jesus or giving thanks to Jesus. It returns to the Father maybe whether they know it or not through their um, acceptance of that love. You know, again, let's go back to this circle and let's imagine that invitation into the circle. That's loving our neighbours, that invitation. Come into this circle of love. Come into this love of, of the Godhead, this invitation. That's why God has created us, to invite us in. You know, whoever, John, he says, whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is is perfected. As we continue in him, as we walk in him, if you want to know how to love God, love your neighbour, love his word, live in his life, this is what we've been learning in, in 1 John. You see, the love of God is unselfish and each person of the Trinity who loves one another is completely unselfish, absolutely unselfish. There's not one element of selfish desire. It's just poured out love, poured out love, one for another. And it's only when it often hits us that we start to selfishly require it. You know, in, in our relationships, in our um, love as it's determined in this world, it's, as I said earlier, it's very much about a response I've had in me Oh, I saw that person and I felt love for them. There's some feeling, there's some reaction in us. And I'm not saying that's wrong, because we, can, we should look at those we love with, a, with, a, with something stirring in us. But that's not what the love of God is teaching us. Love and devotion um, is unselfish. And Tim Keller says this, We believe the world was made by God, who is a community of persons who have loved each other for all eternity. You were made for mutually self-giving, other-directed love. Self-centeredness destroys the fabric of what God has made. And that's why sin is so destructive. Because it is at complete, absolute odds to love. I used to think the opposite of love was hate. But hate is just an aspect, it's sin. It's self, selfishness. And so we've been invited into this unselfish love, but we've been invited to participate in this dance. And here we, it's where the rubber hits the, uh, hits the road. What must we do with this? We must first believe that God is a God of love who has invited us into this dance, into this continuous love of poured out amongst people and amongst um, the world and amongst our brethren and brothers and sisters and church and um, family. We must believe that in what love looks like, we must believe that this dance of love has been going being forever and will be forever. Can you imagine what, you know? I'm not saying that when we get to heaven, all we're going to be doing is dancing in circles, but this unselfish love that's poured out, with no uh, sinful flesh that's going to keep getting in the way and it's raising up desires for selfish things, raising us. We're going to be free just to be lovers of God and lovers of one another. And we must enter into this love. So many people maybe like the whole idea that God is love. They must say, I love the idea that God is love. I love the idea that God loves me. I love the idea that what that means, that God thinks I'm special, that God has has, has said to me, you're a child of God. I love that idea, but that's where it ends. It's simply touching on the selfish desires that our sinful bodies uh, present in us. And we stop there, but we have to enter into it through the love sacrifice of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus, where we die to self. By dying to self, we open up the floodgates of love. And and we must, through loving our neighbour, contribute or be included in this dance of love. And so, God forbid that we... Close the doors of our hearts, as uh, John says. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us; that we ought to lay down our lives for our for for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? See, when the love of God abides in us, we are released from this preservation, self preservation. Even self-preservation, now bear with me on this one. We are in danger of a self-preservation of our spiritual life by not loving our neighbour. We compute it in our minds, in our logic to say, I must not be involved in that situation because I fear for my spiritual state. And I'm not saying that we should commit sin in order to love people, I mean that we don't even contemplate how we can love our neighbour because there's a fear or a self-preservation, which is at its core selfishness. That might take a bit of reflection on that comment. But God's love is been poured out into our hearts it's been poured out into the homes it's been poured out into the streets in our community and how can we through this invitation participate in that love of God that it brings back full circle to completion to the Lord and I and know as I've been you know we've been I've been asking the church to pray what is God calling us to do in this community, as we enter into a post-lockdown, soon-to-be post-pandemic recession, lots of um, problems probably coming out of the woodwork. How can we love our neighbour? And we all need to love our our neighbour. And uh, just to remind you, Paul's words, um, that he said, the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbour as yourself the great commandment, love the Lord your God, vertical and horizontal, vertical, horizontal, love operating. So we move into this next season. Let's understand the gospel, let's understand the grace of God, and let's understand the love of God, that we are invited into it. And so I want us to pray as I just finish. Um, And after um, I finish, after I pray, we're just going to hear a song. And I just like the title because it says... Love is alive. This dynamic, living sense of God is love moving in our community, stirring in our hearts. If we could see it flowing in and out of homes, if you just let your imagination go like I have, moving in and out of homes, returning back to the Father, into the Father, Holy Spirit, the Son, moving in this love and through us, ordinary people, loving people. and um, But maybe some of the things in order to participate in this dance that we need, um, here's just some things. May we just need that love is is seen in an ear to listen, Um, a word of wisdom, a gift to give practically, an encouragement to the weary, a helping hand to the lonely, a guiding word to the lost, an open heart to those who are seeking, and an invitation into the family of God. So let's pray. How can we love our neighbour. But let's give thanks to God. Father, we thank you for your great love. Wonderful Father. Love, Lord, you are indeed love. God is love. And I just want to thank you. Your love is active. It's not just an emotion. It's a life-changing, community-changing, church-changing dynamic. You are moving Lord, in people, we're seeing people loving like Jesus. Lord, and may we be a church that loves like Jesus. Help us, Lord, each one of us to love our neighbour. Lord, as you move through us and that we, through our love, as we follow and abide in you, in your word, in your truth, in your grace, that love is being poured out, Lord, in us. Help us to respond to you, to your love day by day. And so, Lord, I just give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.